0: COP 27 consideration for global climate leaders and Namibia's energy agreement with the European Union. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ritha Dong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The Care Financial, and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC. INM Bank Rwanda, we are on your side. As COP27 nears, economists say decisions taken may have a lasting impact on Africa. One key expected outcome from COP27 is for advanced economies to expand and fulfill pledges made at COP26 to close the enormous funding gap needed by African countries to transition to low-carbon economies. Dion Forey, Senior Economist with Oxford Economics, expands on what should be key considerations for global climate leaders, policymakers and investors at COP27. A key
1: expected outcome from COP27 is for advanced economies to expand on and fulfill pledges made at COP26 to close the enormous funding gap needed by African countries to transition to low carbon economies. At last year's COP, 39 advanced economies and international development organizations committed to stop funding fossil fuels, including natural gas. Many of these countries are, however, persisting with new hydrocarbon developments themselves. A few considerations for global climate leaders, policymakers, and investors at COP27 include to carefully balance net zero ambitions with Africa's development goals, along with the need to ensure energy security, access, reliability, and affordability. Many African countries can expand energy access through renewable energy and complementary technologies, but others need time to adapt and restructure to more environmentally sustainable energy systems broaden and translate pledges into tangible finance agreements. Financial agreements will have important implications for attracting and mobilizing private capital at scale. The conditions attached to such funding should be affordable and promote rather than restrict development and industrial outcomes on the continent. It is also important that financial support should be accompanied by technical support to help African countries improve project and program preparation to attract low-cost finance into commercially viable or bankable projects to execute appropriate market reforms, design conducive policy frameworks, and establish new industries that will alleviate negative socio-economic impacts from the move away from fossil fuels and advance the global ambition to transition to carbon neutrality. Lastly, it is also important to prioritize Africa's ability to adapt to the worst effects of climate change.
0: quick look at the other stories making it into the podcast namibia has provisionally agreed on a deal with the european union to sell its rare earth minerals critical to the renewable energy sector eu and namibian officials told Reuters that they were planning a deal on hydrogen and minerals as the bloc works to reduce its dependence on russian energy Namibia has significant reserves of rare earth minerals such as dysprosium and terbium needed for permanent magnets in the batteries of electric cars and wind turbines. The European Union wants easier access to the minerals in Namibia and plans geological projects to explore the resources of a country which is nearly as big as the combined territory of France and Germany. The Minister for Energy Sector and Mines said there was demand for the South African country's rare earth metals to power the global transition to green energy. Namibia aims to position itself as a renewable energy hub in Africa, also thanks to its vast potential for solar and wind energy to produce green hydrogen, the Nigerian government is to restructure its record 20 trillion naira debt to central bank bonds. A step seen as availing the revenue-starved government the luxury of a longer time to pay back. After President Muhammadu Buhari consented to the proposal, the credit obtained through. Ways and Means Advances, a facility granted by central banks to help government bridge temporary funding gaps subject to regulatory limits, has run up for years, standing at 798.6 billion naira when the current administration started in 2015. The Buhari government borrowed some 7,000% more in just over seven years. One of the implications is macroeconomic instability resulting from excess liquidity that has been injected into the economy, according to the Central Bank of Nigeria, which upped banks' cash reserve ratio to 32.5% and often punishes lenders that do not more liquidity to that level. The borrowing added to the Nigerian government's debt figure, estimated at 42.8 trillion at media, sums up government's entire debt of up to 62.8 trillion, or about 143.6 billion US dollars. Quick look at the market. Brand crude futures were trading below $92 per barrel on Monday as fears about a potential global recession-driven demand downturn continued to hang over the market. Investors have been growing worried about deteriorating outlook for growth and intensifying macro headwinds, including high inflation and tighter financial conditions. On top of that, Chinese customs data showed that demand from the world's largest crude importer remained subdued in September as persistent coronavirus induced restrictions and fuel export curbs suppressed consumption. Still, OPEC and its allies, including Russia, agreed to cut production by 2 million barrels per day in November, the most significant curb since the start of the pandemic, while speculation grows that the oil cartel will further intervene in markets to shore up prices. A looming European Union ban on Russian crude also exacerbated concerns about tight supplies. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of The K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. And you can find me at With a Dong.